RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. The Chicago Cubs faced the Pittsburgh Pirates for a Sunday doubleheader at Forbes Field on June 28, 1970. The Cubs were optimistic under manager Leo DeRocher, which after decades as a sub-500 team were finally on the rise, having finished in second place in 1969. The Pirates were coached again by Danny Murtaugh, who had managed the team several years earlier before moving up to their front office. Despite aging stars like Clemente and Mazgrowski, the 1970 Pirates had a solid core of youngsters like Stargell, Al Oliver, Dave Cash, and Doc Ellis that would lead the franchise into a lot of success through the 1970s. This audio recording is from Game 2 of the Doubleheader, from the Pittsburgh radio broadcast featuring announcers Bob Prince, Nellie King, and Gene Osborne. It's time for Pirate Baseball. Hello everyone with Bob Prince and Nellie King. This is Gene Osborne speaking to you from Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, where we've set up our microphones to bring to you the second game of the doubleheader between the Pirates and the Cubs. And the final professional Pittsburgh Pirate baseball game to be played in Forbes Field after 61 years. Today's game will be sent your way by your colorful Pittsburgh paint stealer where you can select from a rainbow of colors. Pittsburgh Paints, the product of PPG Industries. My Iron City beer. Enjoy every game with the number one beer around here, Iron City. Once you get there, you will never want to leave. And by Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealer. Your Atlantic dealer keeps your car on the go with Red Ball service. This broadcast is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Pittsburgh Baseball Club solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. And any publication, rebroadcast, or the use of the description and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club is prohibited. Both clubs have come back to the dugout. The batting order for the Chicago Cubs, the battery Milt Pappas on the mound, and J.C. Martin behind the plate. For the Chicago Cubs, leading off and playing at shortstop will be Don Kessinger. Kessinger at short. Hitting second and playing at second base will be Paul Popovich. Popovich at second. Batting third and in left field, Billy Williams. Williams in left. Batting fourth and at first base, Jim Hickman. Hickman at first. Hitting fifth and at third base, Ron Santo. Santo at third. Batting sixth and in right field, Johnny Callison. Callison in right. Hitting seventh and playing in center field will be Cleon James. Cleo James in center. Hitting eighth and doing the catching will be J.C. Martin. Martin catching. And batting ninth and doing the pitching will be the veteran right-hander, Mill Pappas. He will be making his first start since coming to Chicago from Atlanta. And for the Bucks, who get a fine ovation now as they come out of the dugout and head on to the field. Leading off and playing in center field will be Matty Alou. Batting second, the third baseman, Richie Hebner. Hitting third and in right field will be Al Oliver. Batting fourth and in left field, Willie Stargell. Batting fifth at first base, Bobby Robertson. Hitting sixth, the shortstop will be Gene Alley. Batting seventh, and doing the catching will be Jerry May. Hitting eighth, 
the second baseman will be Bill Mazeroski. And batting ninth and doing the pitching will be Jim Nelson. Nelson comes into the ball game with a record of two and nothing. By virtue of the victory in the first game of a doubleheader, a real thriller here. The Chicago Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates are divided by another full game. It means that as of right now, the Cubs lead them by a game and a half. So that victory string was a big one. Extended to six. It's the longest winning streak for the Bucks this year. For the Cubbies now, they have lost nine in a row. Nelson, who has turned everything around, last Monday night in the second game of the doubleheader, will toe the pitching rubber for this one this afternoon, Nelly. Well, he sure did, and a real gutty performance. Just a kind of a fellow that has the same attitude as Bob Moose. I don't think he's overwhelmed with victory, and he's not saddened by any kind of defeat or bad performance. He's kind of even-tempered. And Steve Steve Blass put it pretty well last night. We're out at Greengate Mall, and he's talking to about Jim Nelson. He said he's the kind of a guy that you can hit with everything you got. You knock him down, he just keeps coming back. He doesn't know when he's with. And it's a kind of uh, intangible you cannot scout for but really great pitchers, and I think great athletes have, and I think this guy can be one of them. He doesn't have an overpowering fastball, but he's got that good palm ball that sets up the fastball good, and he challenges hitters from the time he walks on and around until he gets out. Bob, we have nine innings to go, and hopefully the Cubs will bow again to the Pittsburgh Pirates, but uh, as you come on for the start of this game, there must be a, a little sadness in one Robert Prince after all these years. Thank you, Gene, Nelly. Uh, hello again, everybody. There's more than a little sadness. It's a uh, tremendous, overpowering amount of grief, in a sense. It's uh, one of the real tough things to do because I realize this is where I received my start. In the late Rosie Rosewell, I've seen so many wonderful and great thrills. And to know now that I have approached the final, absolutely, totally final end of this ballpark, Something. It's like losing a dear loved one, not quite as bad when you expect them to pass away. And when it does happen, you still are grief ripped. All right, Kessinger you're in at 289, one home and an 18 runs batted in. Coaching at third is Venus Lowry over to first, Joey Amalfitano, Jimmy Nelson 2 0 on the year. Now Nelson works, and the palm ball is hit foul wide at first, 0 2. Buckos won the front game three to two, and that's now history. Bat is broken, and Cashinger needs a new wedge. I just had the pleasure of being on television in the Chicago area with Jack Brickhouse, the veteran Chicago caster, with whom I've had the pleasure of working several All-Star games, and the veteran voice of the Cubs, and we got kind of nostalgic because he and I both had some fine memories of this ballpark, and working here in an all-star game together and elsewhere. But that's something. This is the end of the old lady. Ball outside, one and two. And horse star Nicky, who's the groundkeeper par excellence. University of Pittsburgh and everything will sometime be over here watching it go. There's a face hit the left by Kessler. 
duped up by his charge. Only goes to the opposite field off Nelson's bomb ball. Significantly, Chicago's Cubs, who open here, close here, but their opening victory, 1909, was by a score of 3-2. to two. Trouble. 
and batting Hickman the pitch. Just inside, and it's three and one. Chicago leading here one to nothing in the second and the final game. Between these two teams are Pirates or anybody at Forbes. Three balls and a strike. Right-hand batting Jim Hickman. Now a throw over to first base, and the batter or the runner there, Williams, is back. Three balls, one strike. Outfield around to the left on Hickman. Now the look by Nelson, 3-1 pitch, and it's driven deep to left hooking, and it's going to be fouled. Question is whether or not, in their opinion, 
the runner was obstructed in such a way that he could not either get home or go back to third. And it's obvious they have ruled that he could not do either. That's why I'm sure Al Bollock and third base umpire or plate umpire Vargo felt there was nothing to it. Two balls and a strike. He was so far down the line that there wasn't any way you could get him either way. That he could get back either way. But there was definite pumping. All right, two balls and a strike. Sando to batter. Now the 2-1 pitch. Over the plate for a strike, 2-2. Two two. So to Eddie Vargo of Butler, Pennsylvania, who as a youngster saw many a game here at Forbes, goes the honor of calling the last game in the major league to be performed at Forbes Field. Two balls, two strikes. That won't make one whit of difference to him behind that plate. He just knows it's two teams going, and that's as far as he knows. From that time on, it's a ball or a strike. You're safe or you're out. Period. Two balls, two strikes. The look at first, the pitch to Santo. Ball outside, three and two. Hickman will be up and gone. It's opened up with a single by Kessinger, single Popovich, single Williams, and Pena warming up. Now he's just lobbing with two down and Hickman, the runner at first. This represents right here, I would think, for Nelson, a very key out. Three balls, two strikes, Hickman takes off. Palm ball pops him up. And Hefner and Alley. And it's uh, Alley saying, I got it. And he's there for the out. One run on three hits, no errors, and one left. And we go to the bottom of the first, Chicago leading one to nothing. The Arctic Tundra, 12 inches of vegetation covering frozen ground a 1,000 feet deep. When Atlantic Richfield Company discovered oil on Alaska's north slope, the place we call the Arco Circle, we found out if you disturb the tundra, you cause erosion. A tire track can cause a 50-foot gorge. We stopped driving our trucks across it and started experiments with 13 different kinds of grass seed so that if erosion occurred, we'd be ready. The seeding has to be done by hand. The fertilizing has to be done by helicopters. And the grasses will have to be incredibly hardy to make it. But if they do, there will be a way to protect the delicate tundra forever. At Atlantic Richfield Company, we're doing this because we believe drilling for oil and conservation go together. We went all the way to Alaska to drill for oil so we can provide your local Atlantic dealer with the finest Arco Petroleum products for your car.
stop. It is 11 for Montreal in the eighth with one on. They lead 3-2. to two. They're leading the Mets 3-2 and still batting. Now the 0-1. Ball inside and a count of one ball and one strike. Try to learn of the passing of Jim Spots, the manager of WLEM, on our Pirate Radio Network. The manager of WLEM. That's our sincere sympathies along to his family. Curve ball for a strike, one and two. At the end of eight innings, in Montreal, the Montreal Expos lead the New York Mets three to two. One ball, two strikes, the pitch. Ball outside, two and two. Carl Morton and Sadecki are hooked up there, and Morton has three outs to go to help the Buckos gain a game.
Here's a two-two pitch just underneath three and two. I'll say that would be a great souvenir, but let me tell you what it does. It belongs to the nation. When Maz is finished with it, it'll go to Cooperstown. And that's where it belongs. Where they can all see it. Foul to the right out of play. Then I'm quite confident that Bill will send that glove to Cooperstown. It belongs up there. It looks like a, a glove used in 1909. I've never seen a smaller glove in my life on a major league ball player. Three balls, two strikes, one out. We're in the second inning, tied up 1-1. Pirates won the first game 3-2. J.C. Martin, Jimmy Nelson working, 3-2 pitch to Cleo James. Foul ball to the right side out of play. Cleo's choking up just a little bit on his bat. He's not uh, trying for pump, pump spill. He's just trying to make contact. Man, you don't think we're going to be in the middle of a hornet's nest when we come flying around into New York next Monday, tomorrow night. 3-2 pitch, a fly ball toward left coming up toward Will Stargell. I can't wait for Gene Jarvis and that magnificent organ music at Shea Stadium and 55,000 people going wild. And that'll be about how many will be there when we play the match tomorrow night and Tuesday night and then again on Wednesday afternoon. But what if everything goes the way it's going right now will be for the lead in the Eastern Division. Cardinals beat the Phillies 5-4. Pitch to J.C. Martin, batting at 149. One ball, no strike. Saw him off inside, 2-0. Ladies and gentlemen, Montreal has beaten the Mets.
It took 160 flights to set up one camp and five flights a day to keep it going. It took a specially constructed airstrip. In short, it took the biggest civilian airlift in history. At Atlantic Richfield, we went all the way to Alaska so we can provide your local Atlantic dealer with the finest Arco Petroleum products for your car.
ninth meeting of the season between the two teams. Series is tied at four. Nelson reads the sign. The 3-2 pitch. Low into the dirt. Popovich tosses the bat away and heads toward first. That's the first walk given up by Nelson in this ball game. A two-out. Annie Oakley to Popovich. Here's Billy Williams. Williams singled in the center field in the first inning to drive in the Chicago run. Playing in his 1,052nd consecutive game. Nelson will work with a runner at first. Robertson will hold the inside corner against him. The pitch to Williams is outside for a ball. What a nothing. Outfield shaded toward right and right center. Runner leads at first. Nelson looks over the shoulder, draws the arms in. Here's the pitch. Ball is swung on and hit into right. It's in the field to play as Oliver in the brilliant sunshine hauls it in to retire the side. In the third, no run, no hit, no errors, one walk, one man left on. We go to the home half of the third at Forbes Field in the second game of the doubleheader, and our game is tied at one. What would you think of a restaurant that guaranteed good service or your money back? You'd be ahead of the game either way, right? Well, that's pretty much what happens with Atlantic's Red Ball service. If your Red Ball service dealer doesn't clean your windshield or offer to check your oil, weather permitting, he will refund the price of your gasoline. Red Ball service is your Atlantic dealer's way of assuring you of good service so that if you are on a trip, you know you're going to get the same good service you get in your neighborhood. So you get the same service from a dealer who doesn't know you as you do from the guy who's known you for years. Now, the details may vary slightly from state to state, but the quality of Red Ball service never varies. If it does, you get your gasoline for free. Atlantic Red Ball service. You're ahead of the game, whether you get it or not. Crowd now hearing the announcement from the PA announcer, Roger McKinnon, that the crowd at 40,918 is the fourth largest regular season crowd if you count World Series as the fifth largest in the history of Forbes Field. Here's Mazarowski. He's played before them all. Pictures cut out in this for a strike, and it's nothing in one. One for four in the first game. Maz is one out of six on the series. Pappas throws in close for a ball. One and one. Sano at third. Kessinger the shortstop. Popovich at second with Hickman at first. Williams, James, and Callison around the infield. Martin gives the sign. And Mill Pappas gets ready to go to work. One one to the batter. Sends a breaking ball outside. Two balls and a strike. Frank Osiak coaching at third. Don Leppert at first. that bat back and forth a couple of times. Now holds it steady as Pappas works 2-1. Ball is half foul. 2-2 two two to Mazarowski. Nelson in the on-deck circle will be up next and then Matty Alou in the hole. Cubs scored in the top of the first. Three consecutive hits 
and Oliver tied it up with one swing of the bat in the home half of the first for his sixth home run of the season and his 32nd run batted in. Low for a ball. Swing runs out on Maserati. Three and two. The crowd had a lot to cheer about in the first game, and they're ready to let it all out here in this encounter. Here's the three-two pitch. Swing and a foul that will come back onto the screen. Still three and two on the batter. Calling balls and strikes for the second game and the final game in the history of Forbes Field, Fargo. Behind the plate, Pryor at first, Stello at second, Barlick at third. Bill Pappas leans to the waist, picks up the sign, kicks and throws, and Maz strikes out. One for the breaking ball that time, didn't get it. That's the first strikeout for Pappas. One out in the home half of the third, and the batter is the pitcher, Jim Nelson. Nelson, two for six at the plate, batting 333. As a pitcher, he has won two and lost none. Fastball pops in for a strike, and it's nothing and one. Nelson chokes up a bit on the handle of the bat. Outfield looking at him for the first time. They're playing shallow toward right. Fastball. Get a great cut of that one. No ball, two strikes. Steps out for a moment and then digs back in. Pappas works 0-2 to the batter. Ball is hit late to the right side and foul. Rolls just beyond the first base dugout. Tony Perez has just hit his 27th home run of the season for Cincinnati in the ninth inning. Nobody on. 3-2 Cincinnati. The game is being played in Houston. The strike two pitch. A ball outside. Teased him with a curveball that time down around the knees. He just missed. One ball, two strikes. Applause beginning to generate now through the stadium as Nelson swings and misses. Down on strikes as we pause for station identification along the Pittsburgh Pirate Radio Network. Friendship ends, Emmons Walker ends, and 
Superior Motel. Well, the time's up. Anyone who figured out that ARCO stands for the petroleum products of the Atlantic Richfield Company gets an A. You see, when the Atlantic Richfield Company was formed, it made sense to have one national credit card good at thousands of service stations coast to coast. The name selected for the card was ARCO. And if you'd like to carry one, applications are waiting for you at all Atlantic stations. If there are no more questions, then class is dismissed. by Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealer. These next three innings are brought to you by Iron City Beer. Have an Iron City right now. The batter is Hickman here in the top of the fourth inning. Pitch is a strike called. That was a fastball knee high. Outfield is shaded toward left and left center. The gap is in right center field and down the right field line. Swing and a foul back. Jerry May. The pitch to Hickman. Outside off the corner. Oh. The count on Hickman. Ball two and strike two. Nelson very deliberate. Delivers. The ball is strong on. Broken back fly ball into right the left center field. And Alou has to angle away turn his left shoulder into the bright sun and then sort of catch it going away. One out. The batter will be Ron Sano. Sano popped to the shortstop in the first inning. So he has nothing for one against Nelson. He has one hit and eight trips to the plate in this series after being shut out in three tries in the first game. Swing and a miss. Nelson gave him a fastball. Nothing in one. California has edged Kansas City two to one. Murphy the winner, Rooker the loser. The pitch to Saddle. Fastball is low. Ball one and strike one. Light breeze now blowing the American flag out toward right center. Coming across the scoreboard and out toward the seats. All the folks jammed in the double deck right field area. Swing and a foul out of the screen. One ball and two strikes. Home plate umpire looking over that baseball, and he'll throw it out of the game. A new one has gone to the mound. Cubs are 21 and 16 at home, 14, 17 on the road for a 35-33 record. Home ball fouled away to the right side. Ball is into the third deck, and we'll give that fan an error.
the 2-2 pitch. Curve way outside. May have a slide out in a hurry that time. There isn't anybody on, so there's no damage done. Full count of three and two. With two out in the third inning, Nelson walked his first and only batter thus far in the ballgame. He gave a walk to Popovich on a 3-2 pitch. Now for the second time, he has gone 3-2 on a Chicago batter. Right-hander delivers. The ball is swung on. Hit toward right. Going back is Oliver. Still back pedaling. He's there. He made a calamity-type catch right in front of his body. About fell high after he got to the warning track. Two up and two down. And the batter will be Johnny Callis. Oliver giving the pressure to starting to like to play the outfield. He did a great play on that one. Just kind of routine. Uh, I kind of have that feeling because he seemed to be a little more freer when he's playing out in left field, too. Callison struck out in the second inning. Nelson has but one strikeout, and it was against this left-handed batter. This is outside, a little high, and off the corner for a ball. What a nothing. Montreal defeated New York 3-2. St. Louis down Philadelphia 5-4. The pitch. Swing and a miss. That's a fastball right up around his shoulders that time. He didn't get it. Bucks won the first game 3-2. to two. Picked up a full game now that New York has lost. Swing and a miss. One ball and two strikes to the batter. Callison was shut out in three tries in the first game. Now 1-4-8 against Pirate pitching in this series, which started yesterday afternoon with a Pirate victory. This is low. Ball doing strike two on Callison. Bucks have won six in a row, four from the Cardinals, and yesterday and the first game this afternoon from Chicago. Last ball is way over the batter's head. Going to three and two now to Callison. On a three-two pitch to Sano. Sano hit a fly ball caught by Oliver and right. Now the three-two pitch to Callison. He takes ball four in close. Second walk issued in the ball game by Nelson, and it brings up Cleo James. Two for three in the front game. Fly to the left fielder his first time around against Nelson. Boston defeated New York 5-3 to three in the American League. Minnesota 9, Chicago 1. California 2, Kansas City 1, as we mentioned. Nelson will be working with the runner at first. Gallison takes the short lead. Robertson holding the inside corner against him. Set by Jimmy. And the pitch. Low for a ball. One or nothing. Sargio in straightaway left field. Alou has moved way over to his right or toward left center field. There's a tremendous gap over second base into straightaway center and into right center field. Oliver all alone out there in right. There's a set by Nelson to pitch. Breaking ball off the corner. Ball two and no strikes. 
Nelson looked over the left shoulder as the runner takes a short lead. He stays. The ball is whipped foul through the third base coaching box off the railing and into fair territory. Time will be held up while Chargeau gets the ball. He flicks it into the Chicago bullpen down the left field line. Two balls and a strike to Cleo James. Big series beginning tomorrow night in New York between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the New York Mets. Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday afternoon. A throw to first, the runner is back. Thursday will be an open day, then the next weekend in Chicago and on to Philadelphia, closing out before the All-Star break in St. Louis. Pitches! Hip! Right at the batter. He ducked underneath it, turned his head, and hit him on his batting helmet, and he is all right. He'll go to first. He couldn't seem to get away from that delivery at all. So now we have Johnny Callison in scoring position at second. Cleo James hit on the batting helmet, the runner at first, two men on, two out. May has called time, and he has gone to the mound to talk to Nelson. Outfield will play straight away for J.C. Martin, making his first appearance in the series. Batting at 149, one home run, four runs batted in. High it has been catching of the series yesterday afternoon in the first game of the doubleheader today. Orlando Pena walking around in the Pirate bullpen. Ricketts the catcher also loosening up and believe Joe Gibbon will go to work. It is Joe Gibbon loosening up for Pittsburgh. Pitch from Nelson is outside for a ball. What a nothing. Bang. Fans are getting a bit anxious now, and time has been called as the pitching coach, Don Osborn, will go to the mound to talk to the young right-hander. Now, this is the first time that he has been in a situation like that since he has been called up from Columbus. He's been able to throw strikes, and that was the thing that has uh, really pleased Danny Murtaugh, I think, and of course, Osborn, too, but the ability to stay out in front of the hitters is struggling with control. You're going to run into those kind of games. You don't pitch shutouts every time. He's going to find that out himself. Well, right now, it's a 1-1 ball game with the Cubs batting in the top of the fourth. The first two men were retired, Hickman and Sound, and a walk to Callison and James was hit by a pitch. Runners lead at first and second. Time about to be resumed. J.C. Martin waiting on a 1-0 pitch. Here it comes. It's low into the dirt. Two balls, no strikes. In the first game, Moose started, then Jesse, and then Walker. Now Joe Gibbon began to loosen up. Set by Nelson, and the pitch. Fastball is high and outside. Three balls, no strikes. Another wide one would load him up and then bring up the pitcher, Mill Packard. Down through the years, as I remember Milt from Baltimore in the American League, he is an excellent hitting pitcher. Been around in the Major League Baseball for some 14 seasons now. There's a strike call, and it's three and one. He was in 
involved in a trade between Baltimore and Cincinnati. He's going to Cincinnati, and Frank Robinson going from the Reds to the Baltimore Orioles. Runners lead at first and second. The pitch. Swing and a ground ball foul. Something will have to give now. A runner at first, a runner at second. There are two outs, and ball three. Strike two count to the left-handed hitting J.C. Martin. Time held up momentarily as that ball came off the wall, rolled out into the playing area, retrieved by Luke Walker. So Nelson goes to the back part of the mound, goes to the rosin sack, squeezes it a couple of times. Now steps back atop the pitching rubber. Runners lead at first and second. J.C. Martin waiting on a ball three, strike two pitch. The look to second. Here's the pitch. The runners go. He almost threw it away. That ball was high and away. And Jerry May was lucky to even get it. The bases are loaded. Callison at third. Cleo James at second. J.C. Martin on a 3-2 pitch is at first. And the batter is Mill Pappas. Pappas just acquired from Atlanta steps in. The game is tied at one. Runners lead at first, second, and third. Nelson has the windup restored, and he will use the windup. Coming down the line a good distance is Callison. Swing and a miss. Callison, veteran performer, figuring that maybe by darting toward the plate and putting on the brakes and heading back toward third, he could force Nelson into committing a balk. The fellow has a lot of poise. Now he steps off the pitching rubber and looks over there. So Callison goes back. You'll probably get the message that this kid has a lot of know-how. A fly ball in the center. Should end the inning without any trouble. Alou is coming in. He's got it. And it retires the side. Nelson gets out of a tough spot in the fourth inning. No runs. No hits. No errors. And three men left on the bases. We go to the last half of the fourth inning. The game is tied at one. I'd like a few words with you Buck fans about the fine art of beer drinking. Not just any beer drinking. I'm talking about good beer drinking. That's Iron City beer drinking. You know, some people insist that all beers taste the same. But you Iron City beer drinkers and I know different. Because that Iron City taste is different. You can tell by looking at Iron City's rich amber color. Iron City delivers your kind of taste. Bold and refreshing, cold and alive. Just ask any Iron City drinker. He'll tell you that Iron City's taste stays alive. Glass after glass, bottle after bottle, can after can. That's why Iron City is the number one beer in Pittsburgh, outselling all other beers combined. So the next time your thirst comes up, wet it down with Iron City. Hey, once you get there, You'll never want to leave. In the last of the fourth inning, Hebner, Oliver, and Stargo will be the first three men to go against Bill Pappas. You haven't heard, you just dialed across. The Pirates won the first game, three to two. And are tied in this game at one. Here is Hebner and the folks would like to get something started now with that rhythmic applause. 40,000 plus 
There's a foul back to the screen. One strike on Hebner. Hebner applied to the center fielder in the first inning. He had one for three in the first game. And three out of eight now against Cup pitching in the series. For the year, Richie is hitting at 309. He leads the team in doubles with 16. The strike one pitch. Curve bends in a little close to the left-handed batter. Ball one and strike one. Cincinnati has defeated Houston three to two. The difference in the ball game for Reza's 27th home run of the season. He leads the major leagues in home runs. Change up is popped into the air down the third base line. Coming down the line is Sano, and he makes the catch. One out. It will bring up Al Oliver. Oliver tied the game in the home half of the first inning with his sixth home run of the season and his 32nd run batted in. Oliver now with two hits and eight trips to the plate in the series. Left-handed batter batting 240, 250 for the year, 250. Ooh, he is just able to get away from a pitch that backed him off the plate after stepping up to the delivery in a hurry. Moved into the pitch and was real lucky to get out of there. He's still out of the batter's box, leaning on the bat, and Pappas off the skin part of the mound, walking to the grass, roughing up the baseball. Outfield around towards right and right center. The pitch to Oliver. Swing and a foul off to the left. Ball was in on his hands that time. I don't imagine, Nelly, that he'll see anything outside from Pappas for the rest of the afternoon. I don't know. He's been pitched tight before, and a lot of guys try to brush him off the plate. He doesn't back up on anybody. A very aggressive hitter. Pappas works, and it's outside for a ball. Two and one. His first pitch may have been a retaliation of a shot. Cleo James got hit. Those things have been known to happen in baseball games before? Yeah. The pitch. Swing and a foul over here to the left and out of play. Ball two, strike two to the batter Al Oliver. One out, nobody on in the last half of the fourth inning. Oliver waiting on a 2-2 pitch. Pappas winds and delivers. Swing and a foul back to the screen. It's still two and two on the batter. Bill Pappas picks up the sign. The right-hander delivers. Swing and a foul tip. Pitch was down around the knees, sinking away that time, and Oliver was able to get just a piece of it. Still, ball two and strike two. Willie Scargo on the on-deck circle to the right will be up next. And in a final, Cleveland over Detroit, eight to two. McDowell won his 11th ball game against four defeats, and he's from Pittsburgh. Wilson, the loser, four and five. Ball is full foul into the seat, just the top, the first base dugout. Still two and two on the batter. 40,918 looking on this afternoon. 
largest crowd during a regular season, fifth largest, if you count the World Series. Pappas works 2-2 to the batter. Pops it up into left. Coming hard is Williams. Sano and Kessinger going out. Kessinger, the shortstop, cuts across and makes the catch. Two up, two down in the last half of the fourth inning. The batter now is Willie Stargell. Big Will is way overdue. He leads the team in home runs with 14. He has 37 runs batted in. He flies to the left fielder in the first inning. So he is looking for his first hit in this series. Strike, Big Will. Nothing in one. Outfield around toward right and very deep. The pitch. Right for the outside corner. Didn't get it. Ball one and strike one. Winning six in a row. The Bucks are four over 500 now. They've won 39 and lost 35. They've won more games in the Eastern Division than any other team. The 1-1 pitch. Swing and a miss. Outside, about a high. One ball, two strikes to Stargell. Willie digs back in. Pappas. Reads the sign, kicks and throws one two to the batter. Let up, and he strikes him out on a called strike. Third strikeout for Pappas. Changed up on him completely that time in the inning. Three up, three down, no runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left on. Through four innings in the second game of a doubleheader, Chicago one, Pittsburgh one. You know, I heard of an interesting thing that happened in a tavern the other night. An Iron City drinker said he could taste the difference between Iron City beer and any other brand. Well, his friend said that it just couldn't be done. So they covered his eyes and they put three glasses on the table. Then they pulled a little trick on him and filled all three glasses with Iron City beer. But you know what? They didn't pull the wool over his taste. He said all three were Iron City. Really knew his iron, huh? But most Iron City drinkers do. They can recognize that bold, cold taste anywhere, anytime. Because Iron City drinkers expect a lot of taste from a beer. And Iron City delivers it, glass after glass after glass. Iron City delivers a taste a guy can really sink his thirst into. Find out what good beer taste is all about. Taste Iron City. Hey, once you get there, you'll never want to leave. Second game of the doubleheader, the final game at Forbes Field. 61-year history, and the Pies winning the front game of the doubleheader, 3-2. We're tied 1-1. Into the top of the And leadoff batter, John Kessinger, will step in for the third time in this game. Single and scored a lone run for the Cubs in the first inning. And was robbed of a possible base hit in the third inning on a good grab by Al Oliver, shoestring catch in the third. Kessinger has made himself into a very fine major league ball player. Always had the good defensive tools, but went to switch hitting become very effective from the left side. Proves it with a looping single into center field. And he is two for three. That's the first hit that uh, Jim Nelson has given up since the first inning. Paul Popovich from neighboring West Virginia steps in. He's single in the first inning. 
He was out on the tail end of a disputed double play. He walked back in the third. Kim Tooney, his son, taking in the final game at Forbes. Home ball by Nelson is down low. Ball one. Jimmy's only had one, one, two, three innings. That was back in the second. Callison, James, and Martin went out, strike out, and two fly balls to left. Yeah, as Rob likes to say, he's been kind of running through the raindrops here. Throw the first, Kessinger back safely. Bobby Moose, Dave Justy, and Luke Walker. In that order, and Walker with a great clutch performance nailed down the first win. Throw to first, and a good play by Robertson thrown behind the runner. And Bobby had the backhand of the ball to prevent it from going into the box seat. Cubs, by nature, are not a good running ball club. They don't have any abundance of speed. Ball chopped off the first base side. It's going to curl foul. Now Kessinger, second, will come back to first. Giants, a couple of years ago, are the kind of ball club that very seldom did any running. But they've picked them up some speed with uh, Bobby Bonds in the lineup now. A little bit of a change in there, but Cubs so far have had only 12 stolen bases. Pirates have had 28. to shallow left. Sturgill coming on quickly. He has time to get there, and he's got it for the first half. One out. The score is tied 1-1. We're in the top of the fifth of the second game of a doubleheader at Forbes. The runner at first, Kessinger, and the batter, Billy Williams. Williams single, drove in Kessinger with the first run. I want you to know, sir, I don't know how smart you feel, Chancellor Wesley Posberg here from the University of Pittsburgh. I said, what are you putting in here? He said, you're sitting in the middle of our law school right now, so you feel more learned go right ahead now. <laughs> Rob should know all about law school. Billy Williams takes the pitch down low. One ball and no strike. Chancellor Wesley Posbar here to take in the final game. Of course, this is the property of the University of Pittsburgh, and this is going to be a law school, I understand. Starting this fall, they're going to do some construction. Fly ball, deep to left, going back to Stargill, still going, and he's near the wall. He makes the grab, though, he drops the ball. Holding it second is Kessinger. He'll come to third. The long throw, it is not in time. He flies ahead of the tag. Hebner arguing now with Barnick, and he's jaw to jaw with him. He said he came off the bag. Now Baldick is right on top of him. Hebner is really fuming with Al Baldick at third base. Sargio had the ball in his glove, and as we mentioned before, the sun has become a very serious problem for outfielders right now. 5.30 or close to it here. Alou had troubles earlier, and Sargio that time caught the ball over his shoulder like a football player going for a touchdown. The ball bobbled out of his glove. He was about three or four feet from the wall. Picked it up, hustled the throw to third base, and a strong throw almost got Kessinger. It's going to be rolled a double. Kessinger goes to 
third base. Williams moves out on the second base. The batter coming up is Jimmy Hickman. He's 0 for 2, but they're going to intentionally walk him to take their shot with Ronnie Santos. Sargell had room, had the ball in his glove, but dropped it. The walk will be the fourth of the ball game given up by Jimmy Nelson. This is the first intentional walk.
Hey, once you get there, you'll never want to leave. 40,918 buzzing here at Forbes Field. The final game at Lady Forbes. We'll close it down today. Boy, they're sure enjoying a whale of a ball game in the second game, much like they did in the front. Pirates won the front game 3-2. Six in a row we've won. Robertson leads it off. Curveball by Pappas is outside. Ball one. Fans trying to get something started with some rhythmic applause. I don't think that a rooting crowd doesn't help a ball club. 1-0 pitch. Blind in the hole. Running the left field. Base hit for Robertson. That's only the second hit off Mel Pappas. The other one left the ballpark as Bob described. On a home run by Al Oliver with two down in the first. Pappas has been tough. Mixing the pitches effectively. Slider, fastball. The pitch we haven't seen him use a whole lot. The changeup. A half uh, screwball type of pitch. Gene Alley. Looking to do a lot of things with the bat. He's running this time. Off the first base side, it's going to a curl foul picked up by Jimmy Hickman. Now, how he was running, he's had a look, however, at third base coach Frank Osier. Bob Robertson, surprisingly, for his size, 200 pounds, just a little bit over, can uh, pick him up and put him down pretty good. And Alley's ability to punch the ball to right field is something that Mercer might be thinking about. Cubs are playing in that way in the outfield. Cleo James, about 10 feet to right center. He's going. The pitch is foul tip. Held by the catcher. Throw to second. Not in time. He steals it. The hit and run was on. Robertson beats the throw to second by J.C. Martin. It was a foul tip held by Martin, but he didn't get Robertson at second. Bobby will surprise you. You, re- you recall uh, in a recent homestand, he went from first to third on a wild pitch. Now the go-ahead run at second base. Nobody out. Bottom half of the fifth. Tie ball game 1-1. Alley now will try to get him to third. Here's the pitch. Pummel and miss. Foul tip. Not held by Martin. Now the counter holds it. Nothing in two. Bob Remont will be in New York tomorrow, Shea Stadium. Gene was checking the uh, one-on-loss percentages. The Mets now, the loss are at 535. We're going to win this second ball game. We'll be at 5-3-3. Here's the pitch. Off the fifth. Popped up on the first base side, giving chase as Hickman in foul territory. And he's got it. So Robertson forced to hold a second base as Alley. Pops out to the first baseman, Jim Hickson. Let's pause for station identification on the Pirate Baseball Network. takes the pitch by Pappas, down low, ball one. 
Jerry Mays walked in the front ball game in the eighth inning with the bases loaded off Phil Regan produced the winning run in that one, three to two. Cuts on a slider, doesn't get it. Even to count it, one ball and one strike. I'll tell you, Pappas has had excellent control in this ball game. Has not walked anybody and for the most part has been out in front of everybody. Checks Roberts in the second, the fastball. What foul off the first base side? Hickman might have a play. Now he can't get to it. About five rows back in the box seat. People were out early trying to get into fourth field this morning. Boy, that was a welcome sign. Bobby Marsh, they're going to be late trying to get out, too. Take two, who's here? No place to go till 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, I guess. That's most of the time you ring in at the old time clock. Remember, I used to do that with Bethlehem and Steel. Carry that lunch sale in the offseason. 75 cents an hour, wasn't it? Curveball just misses outside. Count even, two balls, two strikes. Just a good old Commodore named Lieber. He's a shovel very well. I've been there, buddy. Every time you go by the lots in Rochester, remember I lived under that like a sand hog all one summer with a jackhammer trying to burrow out of there and get up alive. 2-2 Two -two pitch. Checked off by Jerry. Now he goes around, says the first base umpire. Paul Pryor. Tried to save the swing, couldn't do it. Hey, is the strikeout victim number four. Bobby Robertson, who opened with a single, got the second on a steal, is still there. Pappas trying to pitch out of it. They will intentionally walk. Bill Maserati to go to Jimmy Nelson. This is the first walk issued by Pappas. Scores around the National League. Houston was knocked off by Cincinnati. Tony Perez at his 27th in the ninth. Three to two. Winning pitcher there was Clay Carroll and releases Nolan Wilson Washington. Los Angeles leads San Diego two to nothing after five and a half. Roberts against Allen Foster. And in a complete ball game up at uh, Montreal, a one year interested in. The New York Mets were knocked off three to two. Sadecki lost it. Carl Morton picked up the win. Marshall Homer for New York. Bateman and Staub and Staub's home run in the eighth is one on. Won that one for Montreal and gives the Bucks a chance to finish two percentage points after today's activity from first place in the Eastern Division. Mazz is at first, Robertson at second, check swing. It's fouled off the front foot of the pitcher, Jimmy Nelson. And the count nothing in one. Nelson, not a bad hitting pitcher by any means. A pretty good debut in the major leagues and hasn't had a too bad a performance after that either. Opened up with a strikeout of Mays, got McKelly in a double play, and then got up and banged a single. Said he wanted to be a shortstop or a catcher. He's become a pretty good pitcher. Chopper hits the third base weekly. Sando has a short hop, throws, and it is in power. 
Well, these two runs will be Hunter and Charlie, but it doesn't matter. We have them five all right. It's going to serve foul. Oh, Richie hit it just right down the right field line curve. About 10 feet to the right of the foul ball. Larry Gurr, who worked in the front ball game, the left-hander, is up and popping down the Chicago bullpen. Nadia Lewis second, lead away, the wind-up, the one-two pitch, fly ball left field, giving Jason Williams, fighting the sun, and near the scoreboard, he's got it, and a pretty well-hit ball the opposite field by Richie Heaven. The Pirates take the lead, two runs on two hits, one error, we strand a pair, and after five innings of play in the second and final game at Forbes Field, the Pirates now lead it three to one. Most Pirate fans are beer fans, too. And just as they like a lot of action in a the game, they like a lot of taste in a beer. That's why most Pirate fans ask for a cold iron when their thirsts come up. Because thirst-quenching taste is what Iron City beer is all about. Bold and cold and alive every sip of the way. Glass after glass, bottle after bottle. Iron City comes on with a taste you can really sink your thirst into. And that Iron City taste is fresh. Because Iron City beer doesn't have to come a long way to get to your tavern or your distributor. And once it gets there, Iron City doesn't sit around. It sells, my friends. I mean it sells. So every iron you drink is as fresh as can be. Next time your thirst comes up, wet it down with Iron City. Hey, once you get there, you'll never want to leave. If it's at all possible. 
0-2 pitch. There's the palm ball. Pulled down to Mazeroski. The glove has him. On to Robertson. One out. John Callison retired. Four to three. The batter now will be Cleo James. He lined the left and was hit by a pitch. Following this game, we'll have everything going for the fans here. And I know, of course, that uh, nobody will get out of line because we're just going to have a few things given away. All the baseball caps have been autographed. They'll be awarded. It'll be some 50 prizes, the bricks, some of them, and bases and what have you. But this property here belongs to the University of Pittsburgh. And uh, there's a strike, and Jehovah's Witnesses will be in here for a big uh, conclave. That fine order group uh, will be in here, and then there'll be other things going on, and the university's site, too. There's other plans. Ultimately, of course, this ballpark will be dismantled, and School of Law and other schools involved in the university program will be in here in the next three to six years. No balls, two strikes here to Cleo James. There's a fastball outside all the way to the backstop. They're warming uh, down the left field line for the Cubbies. A left-hander will pick him up in a moment. Right now, they, that's the beginning and going. They want to be ready to hit for Pappas. Everybody knows Iron City Beer leads the league, been number one for a long, long time. 
and Iron City will stay on top. And there's a good reason why. Iron City's taste, bold and cold, alive every sip of the way. Glass after golden glass, inning after inning. Iron City comes on with a taste you can really sink your thirst into. So the next time your beer thirst comes up, wet it down with a winner. Try the taste of Pittsburgh's number one beer, Iron City. Hey, once you get there, you'll never want to leave. All right, ready now to move into the bottom of the sixth. And now Oliver, who hit his sixth home of the year, and tie up the game back in the first inning, will be the leadoff batter. Then Stargelman, Bobby Robertson against Milt Pappas. If we can take what DeRosa was doing in the sixth inning as an indication, this will be the last inning for Milt. They were warming. Ken the hard way, I'll tell you that. 
try to make it that way for them. But we won six in a row. They've lost nine in a row, and that's their season high. Make no mistake about it, though. Chicago is anything but out of this pennant race. Anybody has it locked up. This is going to be a bubble job right now at the very end. It's going to bubble your blood for you. Come home to Three Rivers and we meet those Cincinnati Reds. Wow, we pitch to Robertson inside one and one. I think I'd be getting my tickets for that one. 16th of July. Window 100 is going to remain open. You won't be able to get your tickets at Three Rivers Stadium. You get them at the regular outlets. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Don't write to Three Rivers. Write to Forbes Field. Come to Window 100, G.C. Murphy Store, downtown ticket office, ticket shop, any of those outlets. 1-1 pitch to Robertson, ball inside. Left. 
In addition to this being the final game, this would be a wonderful 36th wedding anniversary for Jane and Tom Johnson. So congratulations to them, one of our pride owners and secretary and vice president of the baseball club, and it would be a great going away. Not going away, going away from Forbes Field, but an anniversary present for Jane and Tom. And many happy years to come, too, to the Johnson family as the pitch is outside for a ball, one or nothing. Gessinger, two out of three in this ball game. He was shut out in the first game, nothing for four. So he is three for 11 in the series. Swing and a foul tip.
everything in black and white. See what a difference a coat of Pittsburgh paint can make. What's going on? That spring willow green going on that microphone, avocado. Shouldn't on... you be painting on color television? No, no. People at home keep horsing with the knobs until they've turned apricot into banana. So you're asking them to imagine your colors. Until they can get into the Pittsburgh dealer and see for themselves, yes. Kill the rainbow. A rainbow on radio? Delivery with a flick of the glove. 
Gura is shaken off the side. Now he comes back and strikes him out. Got Jerry that time on a breaking pitch. Second time, May has gone down by the strikeout route in this ball game. First strikeout for Larry Gura, and it brings up Mazeroski. New York Yankees have knocked off Boston 8-2. Boston the winner, off the loser. has struck out and drawn an intentional walk. This is a strike call, and it's nothing in one. The pitch. Ground ball, down the line. It's a fair ball. Heading toward the bullpen. Maz is going to try for two. He cuts the inside corner of the bag, and he'll go into second, standing up with a double.
Montgomery and Jim Hickson. Ian Williams have been about it offensively for the Cubs in this series, and I guess they're almost a week too, although Williams had some sort of a slump prior to coming in here. The guy uh, is on the fourth play, flies to center, intentionally walked back in the fifth when Nelson pitched out of a tough jam. The base included Judge Santo to hit into a double play. Ball way outside, one ball and a strike. Activity now in the Pirate bullpen. Left hander Luke Walker, who got a save in the front game, getting the final two outs after the bases are loaded. And right hander Dave Justy, who picked up the win in the front game. Nelson with that. Here at first base, takes the sign. Here's the palm ball in, taken by Hickman. One ball, one strike. Jimmy Hickman has to be an all-star player this year for the first time in his major league career. Having a great year. Hitting at 3.30, leading the club in RBI. Palm ball, taken, foul tip. Tried to get the bat out of there, couldn't make it. And the count now, ball and two strikes. Nelson started this winning streak for the Bucks when he shut out the Cardinals in 10 innings, one to nothing. Pardon the trite cliche, but it has been pretty good team effort all around. One-two pitch. Curve ball is outside. Count even. Two balls. Two strikes. Kevner deep at third. Not five feet off the line. 2-2 pitch. Bounce to shortstop. Alley over to Maserati to throw to first. Double play. That's the third double play in this... Uh, Ball game. That's the second. It's Ali and Mazrocki have turned over. 1966 was a big year for Hoop and Maz with a double play. Boy, it's good to see both of them back healthy and playing once again. Santo, 0 for 3, bounced into a double play with the bases loaded the last time. Pirates leading 4 to 1. Breaking ball taken by Santo. Strike one. Too many people leaving their seats. 40,918. Boy, they've enjoyed a beautiful day for baseball and two good games. Curveball, backhanded by May in the dirt. Count even to the ball on the strike. Pirate pitching, which had been a question mark in the spring and early weeks of the season, really starting to solidify now. Found another arm in this guy, Jimmy Nelson. The 1-1 pitch, a little bit high with a fastball. He's behind two balls and a strike. I give Don Osborne a lot of credit for the confidence he has in youngsters and installs in youngsters. 
Orange field. Home ball inside. Three balls and a strike. One delivery, just a little bit low, and that walks to Santo. For Jimmy Nelson, that's walk number five. Nelson would have to confess that this is not his best ball game, but they've only scored one run, Bob. That's right. He's been running through some raindrops. I remarked a little earlier, Nelly, uh, while you were out getting a sandwich, that I felt his palm ball wasn't doing what he wanted it to do. On the strikeout the first time he came in of the biggies, and then got McCovey to go to the double play, and then the next time out against the Dodgers, it stayed with him and stayed him out the next time, and he won the ball game. It seemed to me that so far this early part of the game, anyhow, his palm ball wasn't where he wanted it. Then he seemed to get it back for a while. Now it seems to have deserted him again. The kind of a guy, though, we mentioned before, that just doesn't know to give up. You know, battle you right to the end. Very good competitor. That's something you have to have to be an outstanding pitcher just to make it the big league. Robertson will play behind Shadow at first base. Four to one is the score. The Pirates leading. Top of the eighth. Callis in the batter. Fouls one back on the screen. Oh, he had a good ball to hit that time. A little bit annoyed that he didn't poke it. Callison struck out. Drew a walk and bounced to Bill Mazeroski in three trips against Nelson. Cubs were able to get only six in the six hits in the front game. Chopping ball to second, Mazeroski on two hops, the first, and that retired Cubs. No run, one hit, no errors. They stand one. We go to the bottom half of the eighth. The Pirates lead it four to one. Commercial, right? Right, and it's good news about the great Plymouth Duster. You know, Plymouth sales are soaring in this area, and this Duster is one great reason. Once you've seen it, you'll know why. Small enough yet big enough just about says it. This is what it says. Duster seats five. Now, if you've been looking at small cars, you know that's room for one more person than most mini cars seat. And look at the trunk. There's room for just about anything and everything you'll ever want to take along. Power, you say? Well, power we got. More power than most mini cars. Power you can use on freeways. Power to make that vacation drive a breeze. And if the little lady talks style, show her duster. Inside, outside, all around the duster, you'll never find anything that looks like a mini car, except the price. Duster, priced like a mini car, built like a lot more. There's a Plymouth dealer near you. See Tom Crock at AC Motor Sales in Irwin. Or Merle or Jim at J.M. Beatty Automotive in Eau Claire. Well, the Pirates up there at bat for the final time in Ford Field. Bottom half of the eighth, we leave four to one. Richie Hebner, Hal Oliver, and then Willie Stargell to go against left-hander Larry Gurr. First ball hitting. Fly ball to shallow left. Kessinger back. Williams on. Billy Williams has it for the first time. Well, the way it stands right now, Hal Oliver moving in. What a hot bat he's had. He has hit the last home run for Steele. 
getting a fine hand, too. Much deservedly so. Oh, this guy's done a great job, as you mentioned. Moved out of first base by Bob Robertson. One of the outfield, and what a job he's done. It's an off-speed pitch. Foul off the end of the bat down the third base side. Strike one. up by Gura. Fastball, foul, back out of play. Nothing in two. I was talking about Dale Long's home run streak. There's a gentleman that very seldom misses a pirate game from New Brighton by the name of Smitty. And I recall going up to his place in 1956 with Dale Long. Fly ball to left to right field. Back is Callison near the wall and he has got it for the out. Ball almost identically the same spot with a home run and the previous double one. Oliver has that spot pretty well lined up. Two up and two down. The gentleman uh, had Dale Long right out of his place in 1956. Gave it to Toaster and that thing still works. I'm glad I am too. Nigel off the fist, fly ball to left field, drifting back is Billy Williams, and he runs it down. Now an easy inning for Larry Garrett. Three fly ball outs, no runs, no hits, no errors, and none left. We've completed eight innings of play, and the Pirates lead the second game 4-1. to Your next car, what will it be? Well, if you're on a budget, you could settle for a nice little compact, nice and small, nice and cheap. But what if you're the luxury type and still on a budget? Then you're in trouble, unless you see your Chrysler dealer. That's right, Chrysler. Because right now, a full-size Chrysler Newport is priced only a few dollars a month more than a Ford LTD or a Chevy Caprice comparably equipped. And that's a loaded Chrysler Newport. A four-door sedan with a big 383 cubic inch V8 engine that uses regular gas, power steering, automatic transmission radio, fiberglass belted white sidewall tires, torsion bar suspension, and more. Chrysler Newport. That's luxury. That's value. That's your next car waiting for you right now. And there's a Chrysler dealer near you. See Andy Gregg or Carl Sobick at Gregg Motor Company in Clareton. Or Phil Detweiler at Phil Detweiler Motors in Masontown. Well, Dave Justy has come on now, and Nelson has gone eight innings for one run. He can win. He cannot lose. Justy can pick up a save. He was the winner in the first game. No question, as we talked, he had been struggling. But uh, he gave up five walks. He threw a lot of pitches. And Danny Murtaugh, you must remember one other thing. This boy had a history earlier of a sore arm. Danny Murtaugh doesn't want to horse around with that. We have Al Oliver in right field, and John Jeter has... Jeter's gone to left field. Dusty will go to Cleo James. So we're down to what the Pirates hope are the final three outs. For 40,918. 
Broncos won the first game, three to two. Montreal beat New York three two to take two out of three for the Mets. And now we're here in the ninth inning, leading four to one. The outfield around to the left. Now the pitch. And he bounces it up the middle and over to the left is Alley. Up behind second, throws him out. Beautiful ranging play by Gene Alley. One away. Now J.C. Martin, 0 for 2. He fly to left, he walked, and he popped to short. Hearts leading 4-1. to The outfield playing J.C. Martin straight away.
Gusty, who won the first game, bidding for a save in the second game. Nelson, the pitcher of record. Now the pitch. Gessinger takes a strike. About 25 years from now, 300,000 people would have been here at this game. It always is that way. Pitch high, ball one, strike one. Fitting that Al Barlick, the senior umpire of the National League, would call the balls and strikes in the first game that Eddie Vargo, born and reared in Butler, Pennsylvania, who spent many a pleasurable hour here as a spectator, umpires the last game. One ball, one strike. A high chopper over the mound, going over forward is Nass. He got it. It's all over. It's all over. 61 years. And the Buckos receive a standing ovation. They close it out. And the Cubs go down to the feet. No runs, one hit, no errors, and one left. Pittsburgh takes the doubleheader, 3-2, and 4-1. Pardon me, sir, I notice you're painting your house. Yes, I'm painting my house. With Pittsburgh Sunproof, the new latex house paint that fights discoloration from air pollution. Well, that's what they claim. Air pollution quite a problem in this city, is it? You're kidding, or what? I wonder if you'd mind slipping off that gas mask for just a moment. Oh. Not picking up too clearly. Oh, yeah.
as they extended their winning streak to six straight and the Cubs losing streak to nine in a row. And then in the second game of the doubleheader, the Chicago Cubs greeted the young right-hander Nelson with three consecutive hits. There was action in the Pirates' bullpen, and the Cubs had a one-nothing lead. In the last of the first inning, Al Oliver hit his sixth home run of the season to tie the game at one. Then in the fifth inning, the Pirates went on top with a couple of runs, added another run in the sixth inning, four runs, five hits, and no errors for the victorious Pittsburgh Pirates, and for the Chicago Cubbies, one run, seven hits, and one error. The winner in the second game, Nelson, his record is now three and nothing, and Justy was credited with his 11th save of the season. The starter and loser for the Chicago Cubs was Pappas with a record of two and two. 40,918 jammed Forbes Field for the final game to be played in the history of this park. It all began in 1909, and in that year, the Pirates went on to win the pennant and to win the World Series. And now they close it out with a sweep of the three-game series from the Chicago Cubs and move within a virtual tie of first place in the Eastern Division. New York lost today. Their record is 38-33. and 33. The Pirates by winning two. Now 40 victories, more than any other team in the Eastern Division. They have lost 35 times. The percentage for New York is 535. The percentage for the Pittsburgh Pirates is 533. Nelly, this has been a grand and glorious day. I know how Bob has felt beginning his broadcasting career here. Your pitching career was right out there on that mound. And before you do close it off, I'm sure there must be a goosebump or two along your arms and down your back and maybe a, a sad note in your voice and a tear in your eye. Well, not really, not a tear in my eye, but you get a little nostalgic about these moments, I'm sure. And I got more goosebumps during the ball game because this ball club has kind of attracted a lot of enthusiasm or brought some enthusiasm back to Pittsburgh and the sports, and I'm happy to see that. But as far as my pitching career was brief in the big league, I won my first ball game here, and it's something I'll always treasure. You can't take it away from me. It's something you dream when you're a little kid, a chance to play in the big league. You always remember the first one you ever won. It's right here again. See, then, Milwaukee Braves. Old Lang Zion was being played, and players are now bringing their baseball caps out, and they're getting a huge response here, Gene. It's a real heartwarming thing the fans are enjoying it, and I think the players are too. And it's seven in a row now for the Bucks. That's right. Momentum is a wonderful thing. I think uh, Roberto's ovation would be something that the folks along our Pirate Network would like to pick up as each player has autographed his baseball Field and all, you can't say, well, that's the season. 
because uh, the players leave tomorrow morning. We go into New York, and they begin a road trip against the New York Mets. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon will be, and Thursday night will be a day off. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Chicago. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday along in Philadelphia. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in St. Louis, all before the All-Star break. So they have a lot of work cut out for them yet. I'll tell you, the next six uh, days are going to be real big ones for this ball club. It's in Shea Stadium. And, of course, then the weekend series with the Cubs. They'll want to come back. This ball club is a good ball club, Chicago. They're not beaten. They're going to bounce back. It's too early. Their pitching's a little bit hurting right now, and they're not hitting. But every ball club goes through that. We've got momentum, and they don't. But it's going to be a very interesting road trip, and we'll be most happy to bring it to well, I guess we'll wind it up from Forbes Field. It's been my pleasure to sit along Bob French for four years, and this year to sit along with Gene Osborne. And that winds up our Pirate broadcast for today and forever from Forbes Field. We'll be back on the air tomorrow at 8 o'clock from Shea Stadium when we take on the New York Mets. Now speaking for Bob Prince, the gunner, for Gene Osborne, good old trusty engineer, George Cleave, and our loyal statistician, Radio Rich, Nellie King saying so long for your colorful Pittsburgh Saints dealer, where you can select from a rainbow of colors. Pittsburgh Paint, a product of PPG Industries. For Iron City Beer, next time your beer thirst comes up, wet it down with the number one beer around here, Iron City Beer. Once you get there, you'll never want to leave. And for Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealer, drive in where you see the Red Ball Center. Red Ball service is your Atlantic dealer's way of assuring you good service every time you come in. This broadcast is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Pittsburgh Baseball Club solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. And any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the description and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club is prohibited. Once again, the final scores ever from Forbes Field, the Pirates sweep the double-headed. The Pirates winning the front ball game 3-2. They came back to win the nightcap 4-1. Old Lang Dye was sung, and we'll say it too. This is the Pirates Baseball Network.